Amen. In the previous uh, service, I went a little bit over time because I made a couple of jokes about Pastor Corey. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that. You can watch it online. <laughs> Although it was, it was funny, but... <laughs> well, um, I think this is a, the third service, so we don't have to worry uh, and rush about time, right? <laughs> Especially we're not rushing for lunch. Uh, this is the first Sunday after Thanksgiving. And I, I, I trust that you all are very well fed. You look, you look relaxed and ready to take a nap. So feel free to do that, except you up here because you are on camera. You have, you have to be awake and smile all the time. Well, this is uh, the uh, final uh, sermon of a sermon series titled The Grace of Giving. Uh, we heard in the uh, previous four weeks, uh, first week about the rationale behind all of this, that Jesus Christ gave up everything to give us everything. And we heard also about uh, the grace of giving our money, our time, and our families. Today, we are going to talk about the grace of giving ourselves, the grace of giving our lives to the Lord. So let us pray and then go to the Word of God. Dear Lord, we thank you for inviting us to come and hear your Word today. Lord, I pray the prayer that Samuel prayed in the Old Testament. Pray that you speak to us, Lord, as your servants are listening. Lord, let your word be applied in our lives on earth as it is written in Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text today from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. That church in Corinth was a very rich church, financially and spiritually. Uh, this congregation was proud of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they needed to be encouraged and reminded to have the spirit of giving. They had the gifts of the Spirit, but they didn't have the spirit of giving. This was a church that didn't lack any spiritual gift. They spoke in tongues, they practiced prophecy, you name it, any spiritual gift in the Bible was practiced in that church. But although they were a very spiritual congregation, they still had some problems. As a matter of fact, uh, one time we were doing a Bible study on the uh, first Corinthians, and I counted, 
at least 15 serious problems in this church. One of those problems was the lack of giving. They enjoyed and celebrated receiving gifts from God, but they did not give back the way they should and the way they could. They didn't realize that we make a living but what we, by what we receive, but we make a life but what we, by what we give. They have forgotten the words of the Lord Jesus himself in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. In his first letter to this church, Paul wrote few verses to remind them to give. He, he wrote in uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through uh, 3, saying to them, now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, which is Sunday, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with their, with their income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. There was a famine in Jerusalem. There was a need there. And Paul wrote to uh, the uh, congregation in Corinth to encourage them to give to God's people, to help. Well, a year later, it seems like these few sentences didn't work. So Paul wrote to them in his second letter, two full chapters, encouraging them to give. You see, this year your pastors put a series of five weeks on giving. So if it didn't work, I don't know how many weeks it will be next, next year. <laughs> I, I hope it will. But he wrote, he wrote to them, the, the, the largest text in the Bible about giving. Two full chapters to encourage them to give for the work of God. And to encourage them to give, he started by talking about yet another group of churches, another group of believers in northern Greece. Uh, to encourage them, he started to uh, stir a competition between them and other uh, churches. He said in the part we read in the beginning, in, in uh, uh, Second Corinthians 8, verse 2. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. In this verse alone, there is a lot of contradictions here. Things that don't usually come together. Things that don't mix together. Uh, a very severe trial and at the same time, overflowing joy. Extreme poverty, and at the same time, rich generosity. Well, how this could be? Usually, very severe trial comes with very sadness. Uh, extreme poverty comes with receiving, not giving. This, these congregations, this group of believers, were going through a very tough time financially. Yet, they gave with overflowing joy. They gave generously. They gave beyond their ability. 
They gave on their own. They didn't need anyone to carry them or to remind them. And their giving exceeded all the expectations. Why? What is the secret behind this unique and amazing way of giving? Well, the Holy Spirit didn't leave us to wonder, but give us the answer to this question. In verse 5, it says, They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. Here it is. Here is the secret. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then everything else they gave was a result of that, came as a result of that, built on that. They were able to give the most precious thing their whole life. They were able to give everything they own to the Lord because they gave themselves first. They gave everything they own, they gave everything they have, and also they gave everyone in their life to the Lord because they gave themselves first. In the book of Exodus chapter 38, there's a verse there uh, in the middle of the chapter that sometimes we read it and it doesn't make sense. It says that they made the bronze basin. You know, the bronze basin is, is like a big bath, big round bathtub with a big base. And it was supposed to be made of bronze. So they made it. They made the bronze basin. And it is bronze stand from the mirrors of the women who serve it at the entrance to the tent of meeting. What happened here? Uh, I assume that uh, after building everything else in the tabernacle, uh, using tons of gold, silver, uh, uh, bronze, all other materials, they ran out of bronze. And they needed to build this very important piece. So where can we get bronze from? Send an email out, a reminder, newsletter. Well, nothing came. So it says the women who dedicated themselves to serve at the door of the tabernacle gave up their mirrors. Mirrors are not very expensive thing, but very important to women. You know, jewelry expensive, but jewelry, makeup, clothes, everything else is nothing without the mirror, right? But women were able to give something very important to them. Why? Because first, they dedicated themselves to serving the Lord. They gave something more precious, so they were able to give something else. Last month, we were running a capital campaign for the Christian Arabic Church, and um, to our surprise, we used to find on Sundays pieces of gold in the uh, uh, offering plates. Uh, We learned that some women who just came from Egypt, didn't have any money to give. So they took off their uh, rings, their earrings, their, their, their jewelry, put it in the offering plates to the Lord. One of the things that brought tears my, to my eye, um, uh, a young man called, named George, and uh, I used to put update on our Facebook page every few days to tell people where are we and uh, how much is remaining. And uh, I thought that we are very close to our goal, we are, we are only $3,000 short. George sent me a message saying, call me, I have an idea. And I got late, I didn't call him, I said I will call tomorrow, tomorrow I got busy, then after tomorrow was Sunday, I don't use the phone, and 
I didn't call him. Sunday after service, he was greeting me at the door and said, why you didn't call me? I have, I had an idea to help. I said, what is it? He said, I was planning to sell my car and get $3,000, give it to the church so we can reach our goal. I said, but George, what, how are you going to go to work? He said, I will buy a bike and take it to work. This, this is a, a young man who is here by himself. He became an orphan when he was uh, in elementary school. In middle school, he had to work to support his mother and uh, uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, when he was 20 years old, two years ago, he came to Richmond uh, as an immigrant and started working hard to support his family back in Egypt. And he's willing to give up everything, everything to the Lord. Why? What is the secret? They are not rich. These women in, uh, in the book of Exodus were not rich, but they gave the most precious thing first. They gave up their life to the Lord. Then they will be able to give everything else. You can, you can too. You can give with overflowing joy. You can give with generosity. You can give beyond your ability. You can give on your own. You can give God's way. You can give your money. You can give your time. You can give your family only when you give yourself, your whole life first to the Lord. But that, what, what that mean? You know, it is easy to say it, but how can, we, how can we do it? Well, let me first clear something. We're not talking about giving your life to the Lord by accepting Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. We assume you did this already because this is the starting point of a true relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you didn't, I encourage you to do that today, to have a, a, a true relationship with, with God. But what we're talking about is dedicating your life, your whole life, to God through Jesus Christ. And if we want to get a, a clear definition of that, who else can give us good definition, definition except as a great teacher, Jesus Christ? In, um, in the book of Matthew, chapter, chapter 10, uh, Jesus says, and, and the text is in the screen if you would like or, or look at in, in your Bible, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. How can we put that in our terms? Is to lay down your life for Christ. Is to give up your life. Trust him with your life. Carry your cross. It, it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you are called to die for Christ. I'm not coming here to tell you to, as though in the Middle East and some other parts of the world, it can come to this point. But here... Jesus is not asking us to die for him because he did this that for us. He's asking us to live for him. To carry your cross, to lose your life for Christ means to live for Christ every day of your life. A Muslim convert by the name Sadhu Sandar Singh from India. He once said this, it is easy to die for Christ. It is hard to live for Him. Dying takes only a few minutes, or at least, or at worst, an hour or two. But 
To live for Christ means to die daily to myself. To die daily to myself. And this is this has a deep meaning of giving ourselves to the Lord is to die daily to ourselves and to live daily to Christ. Paul in, in uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 put it this way. He, he, he said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Living sacrifice. Have you heard about the walking dead? Well, Paul here is talking about walking dead. Actually, he's, he's saying that all Christians should be walking dead. Walking, living for Christ. Dead to yourself. Living sacrifice. This is what it means to give yourself to the Lord. But is it easy to do it? Well, Actually, no. Pastor Cooley, Corey kept telling us the past few weeks that it is hard. It's not easy because it's against the culture we live in nowadays. The culture is, is encouraging us to live for ourselves. But the Bible is inviting us to live for Christ and give ourselves to Him. In the book of Exodus, there is a... Uh, uh, an interesting dialogue between uh, uh, Moses and Pharaoh. Uh, this dialogue will shed some light on the difference between what culture wants us or how culture wants us to live our life and how, versus how God wants us to live our life. Uh, uh, you all know that in, in Exodus chapter 8, verse 1, uh, God told Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Well, we all think that God sent Moses to Pharaoh uh, to ask him to let his people go, and Pharaoh said, no, God struck Egypt with templates, and finally, Pharaoh let them go. Well, this is not how it happened. There was an ongoing uh, bargaining between Pharaoh and Moses. And in this scene, I want you to picture, uh, picture it like this. Uh, Moses is you. The people of Israel is your life and everything in it. And Pharaoh is culture, world, or even if you call Pharaoh and Egypt the devil, I'm not going to be offended because they actually represent that. Well, Moses went to Pharaoh and asked, told him what God said. Let my people go to worship me. Pharaoh didn't say no. He actually presented four counter offers. First one, first counter offer. It's in, in uh, chapter 8, verse 25. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God here in the land. Well, offer number one comes from culture and world. You want to give your life to Christ? Go here. You know, in the Arabic translation, it means go there, but stay here. How, how could it be? How could it be? Well, you want to give your life to Christ? Yes. Pretend. Pretend that you give your life to Christ. Go there, but stay here. Keep your life to yourself. 
but pretend that you gave it to Christ. Smart, huh? Moses said, no. I'm not going to go all over the responses Moses said, but basically he said, no. So, counter offer number two. This is in um, uh, verse 28. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices, not here, but there, to the Lord, God, to the Lord the God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. So, what is counter-offer number two? Go, but not all the way. Go, but not too far. You want to give your life, your whole life to Christ? That would be radical. You know? You can give your life to Christ. You can dedicate your life to Christ on Sunday. But you can live your life on your own from Monday to Saturday. You know? That, that makes sense. Go but not too far, not all the way. And then Moses said, no. So counter offer number three. Pharaoh said, this is in chapter 10, verse 10 and 11. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. See, Pharaoh is praying for Moses, Aaron, and the people of God. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. If I let you go along with your women and children, clearly, you are bent on evil. There is dangerous in your way. No. Have only the men go and worship the Lord since that is what you have been asking for. You want to give your whole life to the Lord? It's up to you. It's your decision. But you don't have to drag your family in this. Your poor wife, your poor husband, they have nothing to do with this. Poor kids, they will suffer. You know, sometimes they will be late for bedtime or miss soccer practice or uh, miss music lessons. And it's all because of you. You want to give your life to Christ. It's your decision. Let them decide that when they grow up. Leave your kids with me, Pharaoh said. You know, you can trust Pharaoh with your kids, right? You know, he used to give them a deep bath in the river Nile. He will do the same. I'll take care of your kids because your way is dangerous and, and it is your decision. Leave your family to the world. Leave your children to the culture to raise them the way they think it is right. You go give your life to Christ the way you want. You can go, but children, family, no. Moses said, no, we all will go. So, counter offer number four. Always leave the most important thing to the last. Chapter 10, verse 24. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go worship the Lord, even your women and children may go with you. Okay, you can take your family. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. Leave your properties, leave your finances. We will invest it for you. We will manage it for you. Go, but your money, no. Well, the Bible said that your heart will be where your money is. So he knows that if they left their uh, wealth behind, they are leaving their hearts behind, they will come back to it and become slaves again. And the world knows this. So they want you give your life to Christ, but your wealth to us to invest it and manage it for you our way. 
I wish I had time to go over Moses' response, but the last one was so good. Moses said, Our livestock, too, must go with us, not a hoof. You know, animals lose hoof every day. But Moses said, not a hoof is to be left behind. We have to use some of them in worshiping the Lord our God. You know, the church is not asking you to give all your money to the church. But the Bible is asking you to dedicate all your money to God. And use some of it to God's work. But the whole thing has to be dedicated. We have to take everything with us. We have to let God choose what he wants to use and what is not. We can't leave a hoof behind. You know, a hoof in animals equal to your uh, uh, toenail. And who, who would care about losing a toenail? You know, we, we clip them every day. But giving your whole self to God, giving your whole life to God means I give myself from, you know, my hair to my toenail and everything in between and nothing less. Everything in my life, I will give it and I will dedicate it and I will lay it down to the Lord. So, what I'm going to gain? If I, if I lose my life for the sake of Christ, if I give everything for the sake of Christ, what I'm going to lose? What I'm going to gain? What I'm going to be? First, let me tell you something. God is entitled to ask us to give him everything. Why? Because when he wanted to give us something, he didn't give us part of his son, son's life. Well, he didn't give us most of his life. He gave up all his life for us. And he expected nothing less from us. He gave us all his life. He gave us everything. He gave up he gave up everything to give us everything. And he expects nothing less from us. So what um, I'm going to gain? What I'm going to be? What he's going to do with my life? Well, in First Corinthians, Paul said, we will become workers with God. You know what that means? We will become his partners. When you trust your life to God, you will become his partner. You will become his agent. You will become his steward. You will become his co-manager on your life. You give it to him, he will give it back to you to manage it. You will be his partner in everything and you will be his ambassador in the world. One of the great examples of our uh, modern time of people who gave up everything, gave their whole life to the Lord, uh, an American missionary by the name Lillian Trasher. Lillian was born in Florida, and at the age of 23, she heard the Lord calling her to go serve in Egypt. She was engaged at this time, and her fiancé didn't want her to go. So she broke off her engagement and went to Egypt in 1910. A few months later, she did the thing that was in her heart, started at an orphanage. And she spent all her life until she went to be with the Lord in that place. 51 years. 
During these years, she cared of 15,000 orphans, hundreds of widows, and hundreds of poor families. She used to travel on a donkey's back to, to find those kids to, to care of. And when it, you know, the River Nile used to flood all over Egypt, she used to travel in a sailboat. And at some point, she almost lost her life drowning in the, in the River Nile. And she was saved to continue her legacy. Today, this orphanage is taking care of 210 orphans plus 170 widow and poor families. The total of people who graduated from this orphanage is 25,000. Well, what did she gain and what did she lose? Maybe she lost the happiness and privilege of having her own family, a husband, two or maybe three children. God gave her a family of hundreds of people and 25,000 children's boys and girls. Call her mama. One of our members graduated from this orphanages, and every time he talks about her, he says, Mama Lillian. He never saw her. He was born years after she died, but he called her mama because she gave her life to the Lord. Everything. The Lord invested her life Give her eternal values. Give her way beyond what she could have done with her own life if she kept it for herself. Uh, I want to close with this story. I heard it on the radio about um, an African boy who attended a revival in Africa. And in this revival, he gave his life to the Lord. He got saved. And after the message... The ushers went uh, uh, between the aisles to collect the offerings. And when they came to this boy, he told the deacon, please lower the basket. In Africa, they use big baskets. <laughs> lower the basket. The deacon was surprised, but lowered it. He said, lower it more. He lowered it more, lower, more, lower, until he put the basket on the floor. And the boy put himself in the basket and says, I give my whole self to the Lord. And this is what God is inviting us to do. To trust him with our whole life. To let him invest it for us and give it eternal values. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us everything. And for giving up everything for us. And thank you for inviting us to give you and trust you with our life. To invest it for us and to give it eternal values. Thank you for inviting us to be your agents, your stewards, and your co-managers on our lives, our money, our resources, and our time, and our families. Lord, it's a privilege for us to give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen.